Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Well, Ken, it's finally happened. He's mm. finally here. He's finally on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just very emotional about this. Today we're finally covering the godfather of bad movies. That's not the Godfather 3, by the way, if that's what you're thinking. That's the bad movie of the Godfathers. I'm referring to the director of this movie. He is literally the godfather of bad movies. It is, of course, Edward D. Wood Jr. And his film, the 1957 Plan 9 from Outer Space. It is safe to state that the grandchildren of some of the people in this theater will not be born on Earth. They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead, zombies guided by a master plan for complete domination of the Earth. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Starring the most frightmarish cast ever, Bella Lugosi, the seductive vampire, and Thor Johnson as the walking dead. Turn off your electro gun! No! No! Stop him, Dennis! I can't get it! It's jammed! Stop him, you fool! Bullets bounce off their bodies. Rockets, missiles, jets cannot stop their death ships. What earthly power can stop this terror? For a glimpse of things to come, see this blast of screen suspense. For it could be happening right now. Got some of the cast here for you, Ken. Yeah, go for it. We got Gregory Walcott as Jeff Trent. Yep. Duke Moore as Lieutenant Harper. It's a great name. Well, Duke Moore has the privilege of his whole filmography is Edward Films. Ah, he's called Duke. Yeah. Of course you would. Tor Johnson as Inspector Daniel Clay. Yes. I've got a story about Tor Johnson. Oh, go on. Uh, I wrote into Metal Hammer magazine, a magazine that covers uh, heavy metal. And it was and just. Hammers. <laughs> mainly Hammers. <laughs> hardware and uh, music. It's a niche, very niche <laughs> magazine. Uh, and it was questions, and they used to ask a heavy metal uh, guy, you know, or, or woman, whatever. Uh, questions that people had sent in. And I sent in a question saying, do you think a man could kill a sheep with just one punch to its stupid face? And uh, Wednesday 13 (laughs) was the person that I asked that question to. And he said, perhaps not a normal man, but Tor Johnson probably could. And that's my Tor Johnson story. And your Wednesday 13 story. Yeah, I'll throw that one in as well, yes. There you go, you see, I'm published in heavy metal magazines. <laughs> it's a good question. If anyone out there thinks different, could you? Could you just kill a sheep with one punch? I used to work near sheep, you see, and I always used to think, I'm going to punch that fucking sheep in a minute. They stare at you. 
bastards. Good thing you didn't work with children. <laughs> Email us in if you know the answer anyway, badmoviecourtgmail.com. As well as Tor Johnson, we've also got Vampira as the corpse wife. Who, um, is I that mean, a El- real name? Elvira's got a lot to answer for, hasn't she? This is just <laughs> like the original Elvira, Vampira. We also have Bella Lugosi credited as Ghoulman. <laughs> Criswell as the narrator. Bunny Breckenridge as the ruler. That's a good name as well. And Eros. Oh, uh, this is the best name ever. This is one of Ken's non-deplumes <laughs> when he was in the, the porn industry. Eros played by Dudley Manlove. <laughs> yeah, similar to Elvira, though. I had to change it slightly. Yeah, it was dude. Dude man love. Dude yeah. man glove. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. I've got the plot for you, Ken. You ready for this? Well, I've seen it, and the plot is uh, incredible. Evil aliens attack Earth and set their terrible Plan 9 into action. Mm-hmm. As the aliens resurrect the dead, the lives of the living are in danger. Jesus Christ. It's a terrifying plot, really, isn't it? Some taglines. Unspeakable horrors from outer space paralyse the living and resurrect the dead. You could have ended it after space there. Yeah. That's a tagline. It's too mm. long. Aliens resurrecting the dead, flying saucers over Hollywood. Mm, okay. Bit too much again. The screen's greatest shock star, Bella Lugosi, is back to haunt the Earth in a terrifying revelation of things to come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, this was very much the uh, prophesizing film, wasn't it? It certainly was. <laughs> yes. It has an IMDb rating of 3.9 out of 10. Well, we've seen worse. We have seen worse. I think yeah. this is just so sort of loved now, isn't it, that people will just give it a, a 10. What would you give it out of 10? Um, for what? <laughs> for being, for existing? Mm. Six. Because it was fun and shit. Mainly shit, but there was a bit of fun in there as well. Rotten Tomatoes has given it a rating of 66%. There you go. That's, that's than, about the same what I said then. Yeah, that's higher than most films that we've covered on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this actually is the oldest film we've covered. This yeah. uh, slips Manos back into second oldest. Yeah. Speaking of Manos, I mean, this film is ridiculous and shoddy and terribly acted, but it's better than Manos. It is, yeah. <laughs> God, you watch this and it kind of flies by because it's an hour and 18 minutes, I think, or something like that. Um, Flies by, quite campy, quite funny, to be honest. Manos, oh my God, I felt like I was watching that for four hours. It's an hour long, that film. Yeah, there's there's more silence, I think, in Manos, where people just look at each other for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit in this, but uh, it's usually when somebody's creeping up on you. Yeah. You know, so at least something's happening. It's not just people staring dead-eyed into each other's faces. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when we get into the zone. Yeah. Speaking of people staring dead-eyed into your face, <laughs> it's Criswell, the narrator. Yes. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. He's a psychic in real life, Criswell. He was good friends with actress Mae West and she like would go to him for psychic readings and stuff like that. And actually when she, she did a, an album, one of her 
songs on the album was called Criswell Predicts. So he's well known through Hollywood and he's here with us right now. He says, greetings, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a natural, isn't he? We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. It's, it's true. It's he a is. stupid thing to say, but God, it's true. As I say, he was—he had his own uh, show, Criswell Predicts, at the time. And I think the introduction was an allusion to the opening line of his show. I think he opened every show with that line. There's actually no recordings left of the show for us to go back and check. That is a shame. That is a shame, isn't it? I'd love to see how accurate he was. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. Uh, I've got some um, predictions, Ken, from Criswell. Yep. In in the film Ed Wood, he actually uh, admits to Ed Wood that he has no psychic powers and he's a showman, which was, um, I think, got a bit of heat with people who knew him in real life. Oh, Vampira was another one. I don't like that who said that uh, he would never have admitted to that, and he, he did think he had psychic powers. He, he had a book, Criswell Predicts, from now until the year 2000. <laughs> Whoa. Got some for you, Ken. Yep. You ready for this first one? Is it, um, like, f- hoverboards? Close. <laughs> Very close. Bicycles. By 1970, there will be homosexual cities. <laughs> Wow. Small, compact, carefully planned areas blatantly advertised, complete with churches, stores, bars and restaurants. It'll put the old Greeks and Romans to shame with their organised orgies. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, they do have, like, districts, don't they, I guess? He's bang on, isn't he? Kind of. (laughs) Space stations, he predicted. Yeah. Yeah, sorted. The US and Russia will, separately and jointly during the 1970s, begin to set up space stations. Progress will be slow until the late 70s, when discovery of anti-magnetic forces will free man from the laws of gravity. Whoa. Will there be any homosexuals in space? Did he Did he stick with that theory? Don't ruin the bloody pitch again, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we are giving you all the evidence, based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. By 1999, there'll be more than 200 space stations. They will house entire colonies. When the Earth is destroyed on the 18th of August, 1999, (laughs) these space colonists will be the only humans left on Earth. Left in the universe, should I say? Wow, that's very specific, isn't it? Yeah, for the destruction of Earth. More of Criswell predicts later. <laughs> My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? Uh, Criswell, he wrote all of the film's narration himself. He found the narration of Edwards uh, too boring, so just made his own stuff up. And the film's original title was indeed Grave Robbers, uh, Grave Robbers from Outer Space, but uh, supposedly the Baptist ministers who financed the picture objected to it, so Edward changed the, the name to Plan 9 from Outer Space. What, um, what were the previous eight plans, do you think? I think Plan 1 was something to do with Bela Lugosi, because we see him, first of all, 
He's <laughs> gathered around a grave. Bella Lugosi has obviously played Dracula, and um, <laughs> he just looks like Dracula. He does. Even when he's not playing Dracula, he's stood there. He's, he's like, thing is, he's dressed as Dracula in this before he's undead as well. <laughs> so he's just like, there's Dracula look. <laughs> he just stood there in the middle of the day. Weeping. Just, just at a graveside. And you just think, yeah, but it's Dracula. Yeah, well, he's weeping at the grave of his recently deceased wife. The ceremony's over. The guy's reading from the Bible, leads him away. The others follow. We've got some grave diggers watching on. Does um, does somebody say this, or have I just written this down because I was in poetic mood? Does they say, sundown of the day and sundown of the old man's heart? Probably Criswell. Yeah, I'm thinking he did it. There's no way I'm writing that. No. Not at this time <laughs> in the morning. Just a single tear <laughs> rolling down your cheek. All of us on this earth know that there is a time to live and that there is a time to die. Yet death is always a shock to those left behind. It is even more of a shock when death, the proud brother, comes suddenly without warning. Just at sundown, a small group gathered in silent prayer around the newly opened grave of the beloved wife of an elderly man. Sundown of the day, yet also the sundown of the old man's heart. For the shadows of grief clouded his very reason. We also see an airplane. It's piloted by Jeff Trent, our hero. <laughs> yes, plane. It's, it's American Flight 812. He's got a co-pilot, Danny, and they're shown talking in the cockpit. It looks very realistic, doesn't it, the cockpit? It is incredible, isn't it? I mean, uh, I've always thought it would be very complicated to be a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> but this makes it look an absolute piece of piss. Yeah, you got a checklist on the behind you, you got a clock. Yeah. How to fly a plane. Yeah. An idiot's guide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all you do, you just got like a little sort of pedestal thing in front of you. Yeah. You don't even have to move. Like at the arcade. Moves on, yeah, it moves on its own. I don't know how far away the um, the windscreen is either, because the, the camera's quite far <laughs> in front of them. Yeah, they're at the back. <laughs> back of the plane. Me and Ken, just a massive window. <laughs> me and Ken sitting at this desk opposite each other look like we're in a cockpit more than these two. <laughs> we got Danny speaking to Burbank Tower. They're, they're about to land when suddenly a flying saucer is seen. It's incredible. This is the first special effects of the film. If you don't include the cockpit set. <laughs> <laughs> Some flashing lights, a bit of turbulence. Everything moves at different times. <laughs> yeah, I think the camera's just like, moving a bit. The set's moving, the shower curtain in the background's <laughs> flapping a bit. <laughs> They're using the flight attendant, Edith. She comes in, she's, what the hell's going on? Jeff says, do you think any of the passengers saw that? <laughs> and she says... Probably not. They're all. I think they're all asleep. <laughs> the whole fucking all the yeah. passengers are asleep. We gassed them earlier. Remember? Yeah, well, <laughs> we pressed the wrong button. I will go and check because that was quite a lot of turbulence. And that's it. We we disappear off the UFO. We're following that. It lands in the graveyard. There's a strange noise that's heard by the grave diggers. Yeah, there's some great dialogue between these yeah. two, isn't there now? Yeah, one of them says something about. I don't like noises when they're not supposed to be there or something, isn't it? <laughs> One of them says. Yes, yes, which is a, a, a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was just watching it thinking, the bloody hell are you two talking about here? Did you hear anything? I thought I did. 
Don't like hearing noises, especially when there ain't supposed to be any. Yeah, sort of spooky-like. Maybe we're getting old. Whatever it is, it's gone now. That's the best thing for us, too. Gone. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, because one of them says that. He says, yeah, that spooked me. Maybe we should leave. So they just decide to leave. And as they do, they see a vampire woman, a vampira, standing in the distance. This is the old man's deceased wife. So Bella Lugosi's married someone 50 years younger than him by the looks of it. And she's coming towards them. And um, I should just point out that she's sexy in this. (laughs) I like her. I watched it in colour. I don't know if that helped. She was green. <laughs> yeah, like She-Hulk. It's got an incredibly small waist. No idea. Well, yeah, of course it did. Yeah. No idea how <laughs> she kept that in. <laughs> as as you see the dra- the grave diggers, it's the middle of the day as they're walking towards her. But when you cut to Vampira, it's night time. Yeah, that happens throughout this entire film, mm-hmm. isn't it? Day to night to night to day and just crazy. Yeah. And as the sundown of the day. It's the sundown of the old man's heart. <laughs> I just really like that line. <laughs> There's a scream heard off camera. Must be the grave diggers. And that's it. Fades to black. End of the film. Brilliant. <laughs> Unfortunately not. The old man, he leaves his home. It's Bella Lugosi again. He shared that with his late wife. He stops to pluck a flower. A flower that she planted. He's overcome with emotion. The grief of his wife's death became greater and greater agony. The home they had so long shared together became a tomb, a sweet memory of her joyous living. The sky to which she had once looked was now only a covering for her dead body. The ever beautiful flowers she had planted with her own hands became nothing more than the lost roses of her cheeks. And as the sundown of the day, (laughs) it's the sundown of the old man's heart. Especially as it seems a a car plows into him at this point. (laughs) Confused by his great loss, the old man left that home, never to return again. For a lot of years, there was many people that said that Bela Lugosi died during production, uh, but what it actually was that Edward just went and shot some random footage with Lugosi with no plot whatsoever. He just went and shot stuff like the. There's a bit later on where he's just in, a, in his cape in, the, in a just farting around in a cemetery, <laughs> just wandering about. Yeah, and, there is. Yeah, not doing anything. I'm not sure at if, all. if Lugosi knew he was being filmed at that point, but uh, <laughs> that was his holiday video that he did. <laughs> After Lugosi had died, uh, Edward simply wrote a screenplay that could incorporate the existing footage into this film. <laughs> it's certainly got nothing to do with anything, has it? And yeah, considering he could write whatever the hell he wanted to incorporate that footage, none of it makes sense. No. It is great, though, that he just thought, I've got Bella Lugosi, might as well just make him Dracula again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the narration tells us that he left the house never to return again, dies in the hospital... We see some of his mourners that visit his above-ground crypt, and my God, this crypt. <laughs> it's like the TARDIS with everybody coming out of that. It's like it? cardboard, isn't it, with like a... I wrote that tiny funeral shed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's his crypt. You've got four people that come out of yeah, that. Yeah, how the hell are they all fitting there? And a corpse. No chance. He'd have had to have been stood up in the corner. 
just like lent up the uh, the the edge <laughs> while they're all standing very close to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's a very small area. There's a creepy peeper there as well, watching on. Well, yeah, Chriswell. He tells us exactly who it is. Who is it? At the funeral of the old man, unknown to his mourners, his dead wife was watching. Holy shit. Exactly. It's the fit dead woman. There's one of the girls that came out of the crypt. She screams through the, a tree. <laughs> don't know why they've shot it like that. But <laughs> she points through the trees. It, it's documentary style. <laughs> it's gorilla filmmaking. Is this, a, is this real? Is this real footage? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like cannibal holocaust, this. <laughs> it's beautiful. She screams and points through a hedge at uh, the, the bodies of two <laughs> grave diggers. Yeah. Who should have got out of there when they said that we should get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, they were a bit late getting out of there. And everything picks up now. The quality of this film rises at least 3% <laughs> by the arrival of Inspector Daniel Clay. What a monster of a man This is, is ridiculous. <laughs> no one even mentions the fact that they've got some sort of science experiment in a fucking trilby coming towards them. <laughs> Somehow shoehorned into a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea what he's saying? Nope. No idea no, at all. I didn't, I didn't really pick up much of his dialogue, to be honest. Minutes later, the police, led by Inspector Daniel Clay, arrived at the scene. Who found them? The man and girl. Medical uh, examiner been around yet? Just left. The morgue wagon ought to be along most any time. Have one of the boys take the guy and the girl back to town. You take charge. Okay, Inspector. What are you going to do? Look around a little. Pretty dark out there. Once you get beyond the range of those lights, you won't be able to see your hand in front of your face. I will get one of the flashlights from the patrol car. Okay, be careful, Clay. I'm a big boy, not Johnny. And we cut to a nearby house. It's Jeff, the, the pilot, and his wife, Paula. They're relaxing on the patio when they hear the siren. Uh, she does mention that that's the fifth time today there's been a siren. Yeah, she's got a little tally chart. Yeah, she updates. On Jeff's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how he doesn't know, you see. He'd have to look in a mirror <laughs> to find out how many there has been. <laughs> he tells her that something's going on down at the cemetery. And she says, well, Jeff, why are you so moody? And he explains that the the flying saucers, he explains that he yeah. saw them on his flight, that he's been sworn to secrecy. Says it was shaped like a huge cigar, but they weren't. When no, you they weren't. Saw them. no, they were classic flying saucers, weren't they? The classic design that we're all accustomed to. He tells her the army swarm to secrecy, and uh, as she, as he says that, they're both buzzed by a flying saucer, <laughs> and just she just falls onto the patio furniture. Yeah, yeah, they both just die. Yeah, no, they're not really dead. <laughs> he falls they, to they, the floor. They do collapse. I don't know what what does that what happened there. Um, I think it was because he was sworn to secrecy, and he just told her. Yeah. So he instantly was paralysed by the military, who uh, insert a chip into each member of their team. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's not more any more ridiculous than this film. Yeah. So, you know, Criswell predicts <laughs> the military will insert. No. Oh. Well, speaking of Criswell predicts, I've got another one for you, Ken. Oh, go for it. Let's have some another one, see how accurate us. Mother Earth. Can our whirling, turling, churning Earth last out the night? Our geologists tell us that the danger to Mother Earth lies not in the uncharted vast of outer space, but from inner Earth. <laughs> Here is what will more than likely happen, according to geologists. Right, geologists know nothing of space, though, do they? That's not their area at all. It's quite the opposite. Are you ready for this, Ken? Yeah, I'm ready. Go for it. Small tidal waves will play havoc for no reason at all. <laughs> 
So they're not evil. Geologists then, uh, have said this. <laughs> There's no reason for it. The surface of the earth will bulge ever so slightly, and highways will slightly buckle. Ooh. Foundations will tip. Floors will slant. When you pour a cup of coffee or a glass of water, the rim will not level. Oh, shit. Telephone, coin boxes and vending machines will refuse to work. <laughs> Delicate instruments will go haywire. Elevators will go out of whack. Jukeboxes will be mute. Radio and TV will fail. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> and then will come... The time when garbage cans roll across the street for no apparent reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst case scenario. He goes on. Then and only then will you realise the advanced corrosion spelling the end of our earth. The seas will quickly fill up with a gooey mass of inner earth rubble. Our streets and city lots, farms and deserts will bubble up like a festered oil, marking the complete collapse. Has this happened before? More than likely. (laughs) And it will happen in your incredible future. <laughs> that doesn't seem that incredible. It sounds awful. <laughs> Imagine pouring a cup of tea again and it's never level. Well, that's weird because we've just panicked when your beer overspilled a little bit there. Oh didn't my you? God, exactly. Creswell! <laughs> so he was damn on. God damn him, Creswell, you son of a bitch. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Uh, at the same time as our hero has just fallen on his patio like a <laughs> an old person. <laughs> imagine, imagine though, imagine if a garbage can just right rolled across his patio as well for no apparent reason. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh dear, that would be bad. Uh, we see the police and the morgue workers carrying out a body. Uh, they're also blown to the ground. Yes, eh? everyone's just on the floor. Uh, you got Tor Johnson. He's still out there with his flashlight. He's looking up to see one go by. Lands in the in the near cemetery in the cemetery with him. As he passes by the old man's crypt, it opens up, and Bella Lugosi, <laughs> yeah, Dracula comes out. Dracula comes out, face covered by his cape. Now, in the Edward film, you'll see that because Bella Lugosi died, Edward actually cast his wife's chiropractor called Tom Mason to step into the role. I think Edward thought he looked like Bella from sort of the nose up. <laughs> the problem is that he's got to be at least a foot taller than Bella Lugosi. <laughs> I say that's the problem. That's probably the least of his worries. Yeah. He looks nothing fucking like him. And he's constantly got his face up over his, like his cape up over his face. Might as well have cast Sidney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> a clay gets surrounded by the old man and the wife who close in on him. He begins shooting and has no effect. This is a classic scene from the film. Sounds like crazy trouble. If that apparition we saw had something to do with it, come on. Is he dead? Yeah. He's messed up as bad as those two back there. Suppose that saucer or whatever it was had something to do with this? Their guess is good as mine, Larry. One thing's sure. Inspector Clay's dead. Murdered. And somebody's responsible. Tor Johnson dead. Yep. Straight away. Yep. Uh, Harper, he tells uh, Kelton, which is another one of the officers, uh, to call for the coroner. And uh, 
As he does this, Harper, I've noticed, uses his gun to raise the brim of his hat. And yeah. he also rubs his face with... Yeah, it's a health and safety nightmare, isn't he's, it, he's from, got, from Harper? He's got his finger on the trigger and he's just rubbing his face with, like, the barrel of his gun. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Harper also gives us the incredible line of, one thing's for sure, Lieutenant Clay is dead, murdered, and someone is responsible. Yeah, that's what murder is. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be an accidental death, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or be run over by a trash can for no apparent reason. Uh, we see the Reverend, he's back, he's saying a few words over the grave of Inspector Clay, you got Vampira watching on. Yeah, how is nobody seeing her? She's fucking massive. <laughs> Doing imagine. this is like unknown to the mourners. She's right there. Yeah. She's stood like near them. Why is she just standing watching? None of the others do that. They'll just advance immediately to try and kill. I don't know, maybe she couldn't walk in that corset. Mm. Maybe she was really struggling for mobility. <laughs> uh, we see three flying saucers. They're flying over Hollywood. We've got a newspaper headline saying, Saucers seen over Hollywood, so it checks out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that tallies with what I've seen. Uh, the army get called in when the saucers are seen over Washington. We, we meet Colonel Edwards. Yeah, uh, we, do, we do get a picture of a drunk, actually, um, who does the classic... Uh, I don't know when this first came about in films... But um, obviously, you know, like when something's happened, it's out of the ordinary. There's a drunk. Does his head explode like in Prometheus? <laughs> Not quite, no. But he uh, he does see this unexplainable thing. And then he looks at his bottle and then shakes his head and just blames it all on the drink. But he's hardly mm. drunk anything out of that bottle. Yeah. That's like Idiot. That's over three quarters full, that is. So, you know, and then he goes, ah, and sighs. Mm. <laughs> Blame it on the booze. Blame it on the boogie. <laughs> Speaking of boogie, I've written Eartha Kit. Oh, yes. She's on the... Uh, <laughs> She's on the poster. On the poster, yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't just write uh, as a slang for having a shit. I was going to say, did you go for a shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get some stock footage of the army and some missiles firing. You yeah. love to put in a bit of stock footage in these films. Uh, that's a good two minutes of that shit yeah. as well, is it? <laughs> Uh, the missiles, they have no effect on the alien spaceships. Um, Edwards tells uh, the captain that uh, there have been previous visits. Yeah. Always covered up by the government. Yeah, that would indicate visitors. We hear about a small town that's that was destroyed by a, a saucer and uh, that previous radio attempts at contact failed. Uh, it doesn't look good. In the spaceship... Actually, this is the main ship now. It looks like a big metal tit in space. <laughs> Um, Metal tits in space. <laughs> uh, we meet Eros. Who's... I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, there you would. <laughs> There's two aliens. We meet Eros, who's played by Dudley Manlove. Yeah. And Tanner, played by Joanna Lee. Yeah. They give their report to Bunny Breckenridge, the ruler. <laughs> so good job that's not his name in this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have an update for you, Bunny. Bunny was played by uh, Bill Murray in Edward, and uh, he was a burlesque stage actor. And you could actually tell, because he looks like anyone that can actually do any sort of acting in this film besides um, Tor Johnson, of course. <laughs> yeah, and although he's dead, his best acting is yet to come. <laughs> although he was presented as a man for legal purposes, he always identified as a woman. Tor Johnson. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. That's a whole lot of rosy. <laughs> uh, the ruler the, <laughs> the ruler asks uh, about what plan will be used next. Yeah, he said, Well, have you not been keeping count? <laughs> yeah. You so, know what plan it is. 
It's plan nine. Plan bloody nine from outer space, you nutcase. Your space commander has returned from Earth. Send him in. What progress has been made? We contacted government officials. They refuse our existence. What plan will you follow now? Plan nine. It's been absolutely impossible to work through these Earth creatures. Their soul is too controlled. Plan nine. Ah, yes. Plan nine deals with the resurrection of the dead. Long-distance electrode shot into the pineal pituitary glands of recent dead. It deals with the resurrection of the dead, activated by rays to become zombies. Yeah, I like the fact that he looks it up. Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> plan nine. <laughs> He's got a long list of plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The previous eight are all crossed out, so that's why we don't know what they are. <laughs> And they go back to the ship. Uh, the leader wants an update in two Earth days. I don't know why they're doing everything in Earth days, but there we go. What did you say? Space days. That's what Space Mutiny used to do. Just add <laughs> the word space in front they of it. They should have, yeah. yeah. Uh, as they leave, Ken, did you notice they all do the Three Amigos dance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eros says, The Earth people who can think are so frightened by those who cannot. The dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's a perfect plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's done well there, hasn't he, Eros? Yeah. I like Eros's out-of-shape-in-shape man from uh, Family Guy. <laughs> like, every, every like actor in the 50s looked like this man. Yeah. He kind of looks like he could be fat, but... He's, he's getting away with it. Yeah, he's yeah. getting away with yeah, it, yeah. We used to have somebody at uh, our old school. He'd be there, like, used to walk around in really tight shirts. And we'd be there thinking, you are fat, mate. We, we all know. <laughs> I know you're trying to get away with it, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he used to walk around sucking his stomach in all the time. He'd be like, you just fat, mate. You don't go to the gym. Stop pretending. <laughs> yeah. But every time we walked past, we used to look at each other and just go, he's getting away with it, isn't he? <laughs> Did you have a nickname for this man? No, that was it. Just getting away with it. <laughs> no clue what his name was. Uh, fine, yeah, but, but that's what they look like. Thankfully, he wasn't wearing silk like these people are. <laughs> it's a lot more it's not difficult to get away with it in silk. <laughs> Uh, we see uh, Bella Lugosi. He's walking around the graveyard, as we said before. It is actually Bella uh, just waving his cape around. Yeah, he's just sort of just dicking about, isn't he? Mm. Just messing about. Yeah. I'm not even sure. what. The, there's no point in it, actually. I was going to say, I'm not sure what the point is. There is no point. I think it was just, as, as Dom said, just some footage of the real Bella Lugosi <laughs> doing shit. Yeah. He enters Jeff's house. The phone rings. Paula picks it up. She's in bed. It's something to call and just to see how she is. And she says, "I'll tell Jeff that I'm fine." Whatever. Puts the phone down. After she hangs up, she sees Edward's wife's chiropractor in her room, <laughs> <laughs> pretending to be Dracula. Yeah. yeah. Is he, there is there a worse thing you could ever see when waking up? <laughs> <laughs> a chiropractor. Yeah, you're like, I knew Edward's wife's uh, chiropractor. <laughs> You're like, yes, I am. Yes, sorry, I, <laughs> my, car broke, down. my car broke down, and I just need some help. All I have is this cape. <laughs> she slides off the bed, screams, runs around the other side. Um, he follows her slowly, leaves the house, cuts back, and it's Bella Lugosi again. He's coming out of the house. Obviously, have you seen the lovely photo in the in the bedroom? Which one? The one that changes? Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely photo of them. Uh, just and then it changes immediately in the next shot. It's just a totally different photograph. It's like a landscape or something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, they're not in it anymore. Maybe something that Chriswell predicted. Well, <laughs> families would be destroyed and replaced by landscapes. 
<laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I'll tell you what he did predict. <laughs> go on. Television education. That's true. I predict education will be given to children through the television screen. Yeah. No personal teachers, but there will be a warden on duty to see that 100% interest is sustained. <laughs> Later, education memory pills will help give you all of the education you can possibly use. Bloody hell. He went off the rails there a bit, didn't That'd he? a good idea. So, if they're not a teacher, who's the warden? And how are they 100% like attention? They, guess- they'd have to be in each... Like, house. Yes. I'm guessing it's like <laughs> Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to keep the eyes open. Just, just <laughs> a little teat pipette. <laughs> Liquid. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Not so sure about that one. Chriswell. What about this one, then? <laughs> no, more on Chriswell later. We see uh, Luke, uh, Detective Clay. He rises. He rises from his own grave. Begins walking around, and that actual image of him rising up from the grave has been used on all sorts of shit, hasn't it? Like, um, I think it's been used for like Halloween masks. It's been used for, um, yeah. I think like maybe Rob Zombie had it in something like a on a T-shirt or something like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good to be honest. Yeah, it's quite creepy yeah, looking. He, he, he is he, creepy looking anyway, he, isn't he? He is, yeah, especially when he's dead. As soon as he got dead, he looked, just looked terrifying at all times. Everyone else has got a normal face, but he seems to be pulling a scary face. you got the vampire woman. She seems to be wandering around as well. Yeah, sexy, sexy. Paula escapes the cemetery, uh, and she she's passed out on the road. Yeah, is it, is it right near their house then? Do they live next door to a cemetery, these two? Dr. Freudstein. <laughs> it would appear so. Yeah, I don't know. I always thought I thought that when she just runs outside and then she's in the cemetery. Jen must live right next to it. Yeah, uh, we got a farmer. He he stops and and sees her just passed out on the road, and he, he picks her up, puts her in the back of the car, drives off with her. Yeah, that's but, during the day. Then it's immediately night. <laughs> Little keep... does he know, he's just saved her life. I wonder if he ever knew. Because there was a chiropractor right on her tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking to crack her back. Uh, the police, they get told about what happened to Paula and they come back to the cemetery to search. Uh, as they do, you see graves wobbling, falling over. <laughs> <laughs> These yeah. cardboard cut-out graves that are on the ground everywhere. Wobbling graves. That'd be a great name for a character. I'll write it down. Meanwhile, on the ship, on the spaceship, you've got Eros and Tana. They open the door and they let the vampire woman and Clay in. They turn off the electro ray. What is it? Is it electrodes? Electrodes. Something like that, yeah. It's, it's like they've got an electro gun, haven't they? Yeah. That they use to control them or some shit. Yeah, they turn the, the ray off and it stops them from attacking. Yeah, because their immediate reaction is attack, 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 apparently. Mm. Yeah, so once activated, they are almost uncontrollable. Unless you've got a little electro gun. More off of the officers searching the graveyard, these two. One of them says... There's some great dialogue again here. <laughs> it's tough to find something when you don't know what you're looking for. That's oh, a great line. That is true. How can you be lost if you don't know where you're going and all that stuff? You know? Yeah. What are we doing out here? I was off duty an hour ago. Yeah, that's the sad state of the police service. And the guy's like, well, don't ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's from the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a hard hat like yous. <laughs> Hey, forget about it. Where huh? the fuck's they got this guy from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
fucking hell. <laughs> One of the first ones sounds like a yokel, and you're this guy <laughs> flipping a coin with a fucking toothpick in his mouth. It's tough to find something when you don't know what you're looking for. I don't think the lieutenant does either. Then what are we doing out here? I was off duty an hour ago. Ah, oh, don't ask me any questions. I'm just a hard hand just like you. Uh, the ship takes off anyway. Um, it's noticed, they hear it, but they don't see it somehow, this massive spaceship taking off. And then one of them remembers seeing a disturbed grave, and they go over and uh, have a look at it, and uh, they realise that this is Inspector Clay's grave. Holy shit. And it's empty. Yes. This grave's fucking massive. <laughs> He's a big man. <laughs> it's bigger than... <laughs> it's bigger than the shed. It's the... bigger than the, chiro- the chiropractor's crypt, <laughs> which is another great uh, film title. Yeah, yeah, we have that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some boring shit now where the Colonel Edwards, he goes and meets some general and they start talking about the flying saucers. Mm-hmm. This is not a boring at all. This is vital plot points. Don't you see? Don't you see the military know about all this? They've always known, But Ken. they're covering it up, aren't they? It's, My it's, God. It's like all those genetically mutated animals that they're dealing with, you know, in the desert, underground, and so on. Like sloths. Exactly. <laughs> They managed to get a a tape from a radio broadcast from the aliens. It's been translated by a new computer, and the aliens actually tell us that it's the Dictorolatory or something like that, Mm. a.k.a. language computer. (laughs) It translates all known and unknown languages into English, which is convenient and is an often used trope in sci-fi. I wonder if this was the first time that was used. Probably not. I'm guessing no one ever saw this one. I'm going to say, yeah, of course it is. Well done, Ed. (laughs) Uh, you, it's Eros anyway. It's, he's talking about their mission and how it was originally started as a friendly mission. Just come and chat to us about you know what we're doing here on Earth. But it's become more violent as they become more defensive. He says that humans are likely to destroy the universe due to creating explosive more powerful than our tiny brains can comprehend. Yes, with your ancient juvenile minds, you have developed explosives too fast for your minds to conceive what you are doing. So the Colonel Edwards, he gets sent anyway to San Fernando, wherever the hell they are, where the sources have been causing all this hubbub. <laughs> Hullabaloo. Um, anyway, back on the mothership, Eros, uh, he's taking the... Um, Lieutenant Clay, Detective Clay, to to show the ruler. Clay uh, is brought in and instantly attacks Eros. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the perfect demonstration. (laughs) Not since Ed 209 has the demonstration gone so wrong. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Tanner, she had a little tiny plastic gun that was supposed to keep him preoccupied but it doesn't work it's like a water pistol from a like a one pound store isn't yeah. it yeah it's bloody awful and Tor Johnson's just throttling this middle aged <laughs> out of shape in shape man and he's sort of screaming at her to help him and then uh, Bunny Breckenridge says just drop the gun simple it's going to break contact and she does and it does it It breaks it loosens oh, the jam that's how he got the job loosens the jam was one of your rap albums wasn't it <laughs> it was yeah Anyway, Tor Johnson's quickly hurried away after all this. <laughs> this ridiculousness. And the ruler tells Eros that um, he's going to be taking two of his ships, taking them away from him yeah, for other purposes that we're never told of. Plan 10. And uh, he asks about, how many people have you turned into these zombies? Three. A woman, <laughs> that guy, who's just attacked me. <laughs> and a chiropractor. And a, <laughs> and a chiropractor in a cape. <laughs> Pretending to be Dracula. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, uh, he's like that. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. Keep up the good work. How many days has this been? Three? <laughs> what the hell have you been doing? Yeah, a woman who can't move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tor Johnson who just rip you to pieces as soon as look at you. And a chiropractor in a fancy dress costume. Amazing. And the ruler does say that you're going to have to sacrifice the chiropractor. (laughs) Which is a shame. Yeah. You know, he's tried his best. Uh, The police, they come back to San Fernando with Colonel Edwards and they're interviewing Jeff and Paula about their experiences. Jeff's back, by the way. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. you got Kelton, who I think is the uh, the Bronx cop. He's waiting by the patrol car. And as he does, um, Bella Lugosi's stunt double approaches to attack... Uh, Kelton backs away into the patio and begins firing point blank at the old man who just knocks him out with a single thrust of his... What? (laughs) Of his hips. (laughs) It's time for the time warp, everybody. (laughs) It's just a jump to the left. you got Harper as well. He jumps in front and also starts firing all of his bullets. There's no effect on this man. And I love how they're all standing there. He's a chiropractor. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, your bullets have no effect on me. I'm a chiropractor, you fools. I have perfect posture. (laughs) (laughs) As he swings his hips away. (laughs) Yeah, I like how they're all standing there with literally no emotion on their faces. This is happening. (laughs) All the actors behind. This is how I was watching it. (laughs) Stony faced. (laughs) We see there's this ray that shoots down and knocks. the old man to the ground, I guess. Finally. Edwards, he pulls off the cape. and <laughs> This is incredible, the effects here. Music plays, <clears throat> and it's shown it's only a skeleton. Yes, it's a plastic skeleton. Best performance of the film. Yeah, dragged down. <laughs> skeleton and cape. And they go back to the cemetery to look around. I don't, I don't know if you notice, though, the skeleton's got perfect spine. Uh, alignment. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, Kelton, he wants to know what the hell's going on. Did did we win? <laughs> he says, yeah, pathetically. Yeah, he's just woken up. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the cemetery, all of them, even the, the, the couple for some reason. Yeah, yeah, all three of them. Let's let's just go, come on. They go to have it's a look. next door, we might as well. <laughs> they go to have a look around at the open graves and shit. Vampira, again, we just see her walking about. Yeah. It's good, though. I, I, I like seeing her. We've got uh, Clay. He's back. Zombie Clay is approaching. He knocks out Kelton with a double chop. Zombie Clay is another good uh, film title. Mm. Yeah. That is a good film title. Thank you. I'll get that written down. He knocks out Kelton with a double chop to the neck. This man, this this policeman is so easily knocked out at this point. <laughs> to be honest, it's Tor Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he just slaps him on the shoulder, though, and that's it. He's down. He's a big man. Kill a sheep with one punch. That's true. Stupid face. Wednesday 13. Ask him. He approaches the car. If you're listening, Wednesday 13, do you still think that? What happened to the other 12? (laughs) It's like plan nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he got it. He approaches the car, which Paula's in, because she says, I'm going to wait here in the car while you'll fuck off into the... (laughs) Whilst you just leave and start digging about in corpses and shit. Yeah, I mean, I could just go back into the house, but now I'll wait in this car. Because I live next door. I don't know why we even got in the car. <laughs> I ran here yesterday. <laughs> Tor Johnson, he approaches the car, she screams and passes out. I wonder if there's some sort of gas leak in this area because they're all just fucking hitting the ground. Uh, well, she's unconscious as soon as she screams. That's what maybe that, yeah, because I, I don't know. Maybe he just stinks. They didn't mention a funny odour. Yeah, funky. 
Speaking of funky, Criswell. Funky Criswell, what's he predicting? Got another one for you, Ken. Does he predict the funk movement? Sort of. Of, <laughs> of the 70s. It's the aphrodisiacal era. Oh, yes. That was the like, late 60s, wasn't it? Summer of Love and all that stuff. I predict that our own United States will in the future be swept by the popular clouds of an aphrodisiacal fragrance. The hashish. <laughs> the aroma will fill every man and woman who inhales it with uncontrolled passion. Uncontrolled? Jesus. It'll be sold at first underground like LSD, <laughs> but it will soon become easily available. He predicts that the sex urge will advance rapidly and many men will fragrant. <laughs> Sorry, I've just read this for the first time. <laughs> Come on, Chriswell. <laughs> Get yourself together. He says, I predict that the sex urge will advance rapidly and many men will flagrantly expose themselves in public. <laughs> My God, he's right. Grandfathers will be accused of seducing their granddaughters. <laughs> oh, come on. And uncles will be jailed under similar circumstances. <laughs> well, I suppose it has happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It must have been a, a cloud of aphrodisiacal <laughs> smoke. Yeah, that's drugs. Women will begin to think more of their appearance. <laughs> and they will have new hair. <laughs> oh, sorry, new hairstyles. <laughs> More attractive clothing and will use more cosmetics than ever before. Jesus. The driving sex urge will eventually cause orgies even greater than those of the decadent Rome. Shit. During the reign of the unmentionable Caesars. <laughs> In Los Angeles, California, and particularly Hollywood, the sex acts will be performed openly, unashamedly on the streets. I predict that this will be difficult to control, for even the members of the law enforcement agencies will be dominated by the powerful cloud. <laughs> Many cases of incest will be reported. I predict a wealthy... <laughs> Go on. I predict a wealthy San Francisco attorney will announce his marriage to his own mother. <laughs> how, how incredibly specific... <laughs> and a Hollywood producer will openly declare his daughter is going to bear his child. And a young man in Arkansas will ask to be le legally wed to his pet cat. <laughs> the date of this, the date of the aphrodisiacal era, May the 1st, 1988, through to March 30th, 1989. I think it did happen. All of that. <laughs> It's not much of an era. The only thing that could possibly have happened was someone marrying their cat in Arkansas, I think. Yeah, that's still happening. I think you can still do that, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's incredibly specific, wasn't he? Quick one for you. Rhode Island. I predict that Rhode Island will be the centre of a new movement of the youth of the nation that will make the hippie movement look normal. The next movement will be youth's rebellion through nudism. <laughs> and this movement will begin in Rhode Island and spread throughout the land. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Seems a bit obsessed, to be honest, Chris. Well, he does a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Rape and incest and yeah. sex. Yeah. Sex, sex, sex. Yeah. And more sex. That's Criswell. <laughs> Dirty orgies everywhere. <laughs> Exposing yourself on the streets. Yeah. God damn it. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. 
Um, we see Harper anyway, back to the film. Oh, Harper, right. okay. Harper, Sorry, I was having a good think about that. <laughs> Harper, Jeff and Edwards, they, they locate the, the ship and when they the doors open, they go inside. It turns out the aliens, they, they were waiting for them. Yes, yes, welcome. Eros, he tells them that uh, the others from the car will be joining them shortly. I'm going to show you them on the video screen. And as he does, Jeff randomly just shoots just shoots the table. And just, I was just like, fucking yep, hell, Jeff. Quite right, too. Uh, he explains, I'm only going to show you them on the on the screen, look, and points to a TV. Harper says, okay, but do it slowly. And as they do, they see on the screen that you've got Clay there, Monster Clay. He's uh, shown carrying Paula, and Jeff calls him a fiend. Oh, yes. And Eros, he doesn't, doesn't like, like that. He doesn't like that, no. He says, fiend, I am a soldier of our planet. I, a fiend? <laughs> We did not come here as enemies. We came only with friendly intentions to talk, to ask your aid. And he says that Earth's government refused to even acknowledge their existence. Well, it's true. They've been denying it for years. He actually calls the people of Earth idiots that riles Jeff. Jeff says, now you just hold on, buster. Oh, wow, that is riled. And Eros says, no, you hold on. <gasps> what? Eros explains that the development of bombs throughout history, including firecrackers, hand grenades... The bomb. A larger bomb. <laughs> Very depth, yeah. in, in depth. Several other bombs after this. Then our scientists stumbled across the atomic bomb by splitting the atom. Oh, son of a bitch. And then the hydrogen bomb where you actually explode the air itself. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd have said in the background. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Father Ted. <laughs> why is it so important that you want to contact the governments of our Earth? Because of death. Because all you of Earth are idiots. Now you just hold on, Buster. No, you hold on. First was your firecracker, a harmless explosive. Then your hand grenade. They began to kill your own people a few at a time. Then the bomb. <laughs> then a larger bomb. <laughs> then your scientists stumbled upon the atom bomb. <laughs> Split the atom. Then the hydrogen bomb, where you actually explode the air itself. <laughs> He says the next discovery will be the solar bonite. Uh, solaranite. Solaranite. Solar bonite. Solar bonite. <laughs> Which harnesses the rays of the sun. See, see how complicated this actually is, this don't, film. Don't you see, Ken? You can explode the sun. My God. There's We're no... going to discover this. Yeah, by accident, probably. Eros says that our minds are stupid. Our stupid minds are stupid. Stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Don't you see, you stupid? <laughs> so what if we do develop this solonite bomb? We'd be even a stronger nation than now. Stronger. You see? You see? You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. That's all I'm taking from you. Get back here, you jerk! Jeff just strikes him. Quite right, too. <laughs> Punches you, him out. You can only take that for so long. He says, that's all I can take from you, buster. <laughs> I string you up by your buster browns. <laughs> <laughs> Harper holds Jeff back. He's like, hey, cool it, man. <laughs> yeah. He says, you're acting like an ape. <laughs> A wild ape. <laughs> and uh, he tells Jeff to let Eros finish his uh, ramblings, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sadly he does. He says it's because, of, it's because of violent men like Jeff that all mankind must be destroyed. And my note is, great, thanks a lot, Jeff. Yeah, cheers, Jeff. <laughs> Fucking hell, Jeff. Violent freak. 
good name for a film. <laughs> Brilliant this is, isn't it? <laughs> right around pitches. There's some talk about both believing in God. Eros compares his uniform to the Colonel's, even though it looks ridiculous next to the Colonel's. <laughs> Can you describe the uniform of Eros, Ken? Uh, no, it's, it's just silk. It's like Aladdin. Yeah, it just looks like he's off to bed. <laughs> In, yeah. a, in a, an expensive hotel suite. And he's got a wrestling championship belt around oh, his waist. Yes, yes, he's earned that, though. And like a lightning <laughs> bolt, hasn't he, for the... It's better than the ruler. Bunny Breckenridge is dressed in like... It's got like an axe on the front. It's like off, off a bloody Dark Ages shoot that they've just stolen. Yeah, there's a, a gasoline analogy as well that takes forever to get to the point. Yeah, because the colonel... I'm guessing he blacked out during the beginning bit because he seems to have missed when they they, they spoke about the solar benite or whatever it's called. Yeah, solar benite. <laughs> and yeah, he uses the the analogy of the the sun being a can of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a line leading to a soaked ball, mm-hmm. yeah. which is covered in gasoline. Yeah. And then you lighting the the gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll any it'll explode anything the sun yeah. touches. So, so the gasoline represents sunlight, the sun particles. The ball. Uh, it's saturated with the gasoline, and that's the Earth. And then we put a flame to the ball, and the flame will speedily travel around the Earth, uh, back along the line of gasoline to the can or the sun itself. It will explode this source and spread to every place that gasoline or sunlight touches. Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen. You explode the universe. Explode the sunlight here, and a chain reaction will occur direct to the sun itself and to all the planets that sunlight touches, to every planet in the universe. This is why you must be stopped. This is why, by any means, must be used to stop you, in a friendly manner, or so it seems, you want it. Sorry? Exactly. I didn't catch that. What did no. you say? <laughs> I'll start again. So what is it? <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, well, anyway, after all of that, which uh, I think you'll find just uh, explains that perfectly, Lieutenant Harper simply says, he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must be mad. Yeah, well, to be I'm, honest, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, to be honest, I wasn't listening to most of that, but I think he's mad. And Tanner comes to the defense of Eros when he is called yeah, mad. Exactly, yeah. Come on. Go on, love. And Eros <laughs> responds by throwing her into a wall. Yeah. He's like, shut up. Which, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Edward has a sort of germ of an interesting take, but it's the film is so wacky. <laughs> yeah. She, she's, she's saying, is it mad that one country must destroy another to save themselves? You have also done this. That's what, you know, which is true. She's mm-hmm. basically talking about war. And then it's like, so how is it mad that one planet must destroy another who threatens its very existence? Yeah. As I say, he's sort of skating around a, an idea that could be a good film, but unfortunately he set it in a graveyard with Tor Johnson <laughs> and a chiropractor. A chiropractor and some woman who can't walk properly. Yeah. Who would have predicted that? <laughs> Criswell I'll tell predicts. you who. Criswell predicts men become cannibals. I predict an outburst of cannibalism that will terrorise the population of the city-state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Why is he so pinpoint accurate on Pittsburgh, his Pennsylvania. My God. Mass mornings will be held for the victims. A smile will be unknown. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. The fate of this city of Pittsburgh will never be forgotten. November 28th, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also predicted that John F. Kennedy, yeah. John F. Kennedy Jr. will serve the state of Massachusetts as a U.S. senator, but will not seek the presidency. And certainly never be shot. 
Yes. Is that what he says? Exactly. Yeah. Never, ever. No, no. sir. He'll be eaten by cannibals in Pittsburgh instead. After an orgy in, <laughs> in Hollywood. One of those homosexual cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Criswell. Another patrol car drives up. We oh, have yeah, Kelton. So we he admits that he got knocked out again and that uh, Clay, he's, he's run off with uh, Paula. They go through the graveyard together, him and this other officer, and, and Clay's actually there holding the woman. He hadn't made it very far. No, he's, he's, he's you know, struggles enough as it is without carrying women. Yeah. Uh, they are able to knock him down with some, like some wood or something think, like I that. I think, yeah, bullets don't work, but if they hit him with a stick, then, uh, ow, mm. stop that. Seems to work. It revives Paula anyway. Um, they're watching this from the ship, and it turns out, oh, he's only been knocked down. All they need to do is reset the, the ray or something, and he'll be okay again. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that erupts into a fight, Jeff yeah. fighting Eros. Yeah, there's a punch-up. There's a, a space-age punch-up. Yeah, he starts throwing stuff at each other. <laughs> they start throwing machinery at each other. <laughs> the inside of the spaceship, we haven't mentioned it, but it's like typewriters on a desk. There's like the thing that goes ping <laughs> they got one of them. Yeah. I think I think it's just a game, isn't it, called Pong? Oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, there's one of those, like, you know, those electric things that run up and down it, like in every Frankenstein film. There's yeah, one of them in yeah, there. Yeah, And, yeah, they start fighting amongst that stuff. This frightens Tanner, of course, who tries to, to launch the ship away. Um, they all exit out. They're humans. Jeff follows as he knocks out Eros due to an explosion of some kind. Yeah, Sets go. the inside of the ship on fire. And the ship does eventually um, lift off. Yeah, it just flies away, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's on fire. Uh, Edwards, uh, they're watching them. They're watching it from from the ground, aren't they? They're all just staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. And Colonel Edwards speculates that there may be others coming in the future. Uh, Clay, he turns into a skeleton on the floor. Uh, they speculate the same would happen to Vampira. He says, "Oh, now the ship and the ray gun's gone. Why would they still be alive?" Fair enough. Uh, Edwards, mar- Edward- <laughs> Edwards takes the time to marvel at their technological advancements and snappy dress sense um, as the UFO explodes over Hollywood. It's just fully on fire. Tanner was trying to get Eros to wake up. He's yeah. just passed out. She ends up screaming and, um, yeah, it just blows up. To be honest, the last thing he wants is to wake up and then burn to death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just leave him. It's not going to hurt him, is it, if he's unconscious? Uh, Criswell, uh, he he turns up again. Hello, Criswell. Yeah, there he is. My friend, you have seen this incident based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, someone will pass you in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. That's not the, what the film's about, though, is it? You just don't know people are there. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane. I laugh at airplane, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, it's a very good film, yeah, brilliant. The telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, and even television. (laughs) And even television. He gives a little laugh there towards the camera. Oh, dear. He's so self-aware. And now some of us laugh at outer space. God help us. In the future. That's the end of the bastard film. Yeah. What 
the fuck happened in that film? Nothing really, was it? It was very, very thought-provoking. I stared at the uh, blank screen for up to, I think it was two hours. Yeah? After it had finished, just thinking about it, just taking it all in. Thinking of that one line. Yeah, and then thinking about Vampira for the rest of the time. I mean, this this race of aliens got outthought by uh, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, who actually thought, let's just punch him. Like, yeah, which proved their point, to be honest. Violence. Jeff, two idiot idiot cops, one of whom got knocked out a, a sort of stiff breeze. <laughs> the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah. His wife, who also passed out whenever the fuck anything happened. Whenever <laughs> anyone walked past her. And they only managed to get three zombies working, one of whom was an old chiropractor. <laughs> One of whom was Tor Johnson, which was probably half decent, I guess, but could get knocked out by a stick. Yeah. And Elvira, who, uh, sorry, Vampira, who uh, just was more of a pervert than anything. I think she seemed to have a like, high heel stuck in the mud. So not the greatest plan. They're going to have to do plan 10, I think. Well, that's what I mean. What were the previous plans if this was the one they're going with? They must have been fucking terrible. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the last prediction from Criswell. Is this about certain death for the whole planet? It is. Oh, brilliant. The end of the world. (laughs) He's been right so far, so let's see what he's got. (laughs) The end of the world, it is written in Criswell Predicts, will take place Wednesday, August 18th, 1999. Oh, can't wait. That day, every point on Earth will be covered by a black rainbow. (laughs) What's a black rainbow? Not, not just, just like an arch. Not just any black rainbow, but a jet black rainbow. Oh, shit. An it's ebony rainbow. Kind of, kind of worst kind of black. A black rainbow which will signify the coming suffocation of our world. This black rainbow will seemingly bring about, through some mysterious force beyond our comprehension... You're right. ...a lack of oxygen. <laughs> well, you can't say beyond our comprehension and tell us what it is. <laughs> It will draw the oxygen from our atmosphere as a huge snake encircling the world and feeding upon the oxygen, which we need to exist. <laughs> I'll just write that down. Hang on a minute. Well, what do we need? <laughs> hour after hour, it will grow worse and we will grow weaker. It is through this that we will be so weakened that when the final end arrives, we will go silently. We will go gasping for breath. And then there will be only silence. On the earth. Shit. Fucking hell. Well, when's this happening? August 18th, 1999, a Wednesday. Oh, I better book holiday. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. So do you think uh, Plan 9 was as bad as everyone makes out? No, not really. I mean, no. it's poor, but it was an honest attempt. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes it a little bit good. I think that any director wants to make a film that stands the test of time. And this is how many years old now? What was it, 56 near... Yeah, over 60 years. Over 60 years old and people are still watching this film and still talking about Edward as a director. So even though he didn't uh, accomplish fame in his lifetime, people are still talking about him now. And I don't think this is as bad as some of the stuff we've covered. No, no at least it was, it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. No. But... So what? <laughs> There's worse out there. Hey, life doesn't make sense, Ken, all right? Yeah, if I've learned anything from Eros, <laughs> from Dudley Manlove, <laughs> is that... <laughs> 
Sometimes you just got to step back and take a look at a long, hard look at yourself. I sometimes ask myself, what would man love do? <laughs> I, I think, what would Edward D. Wood do? <laughs> but uh, that's difficult to say, so I don't think it that often. <laughs> Isn't that what Fred Flintstone used to shout? It's <laughs> alive! It's alive! It's alive! Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the film pitch, for that is where you and I are going to be spending the rest of this podcast. Beautiful. And remember, my friends, film pitches such as these will affect you in the future. For the first time, we are bringing you the full story of what happened in that fateful film pitch. We are bringing you all the evidence based only on the secret testimonies of the miserable souls who hosts this terrifying podcast. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> the incidents, the places, my friend. We cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about zombie necrophiliac killer surfing bikini babes from outer space? Okay, there's a title, Ken, go for it. (laughs) Uh, I'd watch it. Yeah, damn right. Straight away, yeah. I'd buy it. So this is what I'm thinking. Okay, you've got a lot to work with. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) So we've got, the the film opens with some some local youths. Mm -hmm. Do not park on this beach after 7pm. You see that sign, they're plowing straight through. What time we got? 9 p.m. Oh, right. Does it come up so we know it's past 7 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if we don't, then maybe they're sticking to the rules. Yes. They're partying. They're, they're setting a, a fire up on the beach, a bit of a bonfire. And these would be incidental characters, am I right? This is just like setting a scene, yeah? Yeah, partying. Right. Okay. Bit of pot smoking. Oh, my God. Bit of pot making. <laughs> awesome. So they've got these... The spinner's wheel out. Yeah, Pat <laughs> yeah, Swayze, Demi Moore. Yeah, they're doing a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the girls decides, hey, let's go skinny dipping. Uh-huh. Nice. That's some nudity. Yeah. Straight in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as they're out there, they notice a surfboard just... <laughs> just what? Um, just there. Just there. Just, just in appearing. the sea. Yeah. And a big flashing light from above that knocks them into, like... Down into the water. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's a powerful light. A wave's coming towards them and they're desperately trying to, uh, they swim out of it the t- and then running along the, the bit where the water's come out. They're in the sort of muddy, sort of a clay bottom beach. Nice. Trying to get out of it as the tide's coming towards them. And through the tide, they see some surfers are on the, on the, the, the crescent of the wave. <laughs> yes. The crest. That's it. Yeah. Not the crescent, the crest of the wave. <laughs> These are the zombie necrophilia killer surfing bikini babes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're surfing towards them. One of them makes it onto the beach, a girl. The rest of them get caught in the waves and dragged out where they're eaten. See the blood like going up onto the shore as nice. that goes. That's nice. Um, any necrophilia? Or are we saving it for later? Saving that for... It's all right. I'm just obviously very excited about these bikini (laughs) babes being zombies and necrophilia. I mean, basically, you're ticking all the boxes there for me. (laughs) 
Well, I'd wish you put your trousers back on, but <laughs> maybe I will after the pitch. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> <laughs> that one girl, she uh, coughing up like water and stuff, and then her head just like washes up onto the beach next to her. Wonder maybe her boyfriend. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Zach Galahad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't have a name like that. He's dead already. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, Zach <laughs> Little Dick. <laughs> Doesn't need a name at all. I only oh. said Zach for fun. She screams, starts running away, gets in the little doom buggy. And as she does, she looks to the side and there's a bikini zombie babe sitting in the thing next to her. Who have we got playing these? The zombie babes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be silent characters. So just, that's fine. Uh, just like people, doesn't really have to be anyone. Okay, but they're definitely attractive. Thinking 50-year, 60-year-old women. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> yes, they're going to be young. I'll never put the trousers back on if you <laughs> keep going like this. Yeah, they're going to be young, attractive women, yeah. Are they actually also surfers, or is that all going to be uh, stunt zombies? I, I guess the stunt zombies, they could just be them, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, so, I think if we get uh, if we put an advert out for sexy surfing ladies, yeah, and then <laughs> if that's not too sexist an advert to be putting out, <laughs> uh, who don't mind being full make makeup, yeah. full body makeup for for zombie flick, uh, apply at badmoviecult.com dot com or yeah, or come or to my Ken's house. personal yeah, email address, come directly to my house. No fat chicks. <laughs> We uh yeah so nah, only joking I'll, I'll I'll take a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she turns and then this zombie bikini girl just, uh, does the old bowling ball uh, grip on her face. You know what I'm talking <laughs> you about. You love a bowling ball, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Two fingers through the eyes, one in the in the mouth. Oh no, that's not what I thought you meant. No, no. carry on. And uh, pinches and rips out. What's that from? Is it uh, Halloween three? Isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that on this girl. And uh, that's the the start of the film. That's a hell of a start. You like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many um, how many of these uh, surfing zombie babes are there? Six. Nice. Good. Good number. Thank you. Uh, cut to <laughs> well done, us. Cut to two <laughs> beach. Six of them. Hooray! <laughs> cut to two beach bums. They're. Uh, you know they're they're always on the local beach. There they, they do a podcast, but unexplained. <laughs> I was going to say, will these be our heroes? They will be our heroes. Excellent. I like the sound of these two. They do a podcast about unexplained disappearances in the local town. This is the murder. This is like the Lost Boys, like the murder capital of whatever. It's going on here as well. It's been going on for a while. You see, on the beaches. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a curfew in the town and stuff. You know, seven p.m. Oh, you should have stuck to it. Yeah. Yeah. These kids will never learn, will they? No. Yeah. And they're dead. This is played by Kenby Wilde, yes. Dominic Lawton. Yes. Could you pull off a surfer bomb if you'd excuse the imagery? <laughs> I've pulled off many a surfer bomb. I thought so. In my time. I thought so. And we could even uh, have a good crack at being like podcasters, you know. I don't take, know about right? that. Yeah, that would probably take more effort <laughs> than pulling off surfer bombs. But yeah. uh, I'm willing to go for it. I'm willing to, uh, if you pardon this expression, stretch myself. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. We're talking about you know the the latest goings on. You know what what happened the night before. It's all over the news. Uh, Can be wild. That was quick, wasn't it? What does she do? Go straight to the news. 
well, obviously they were found the next day by the the coast guard or the oh, lifeguards okay. or whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, only she was. The rest of the the group were not found. It was just her her um her headless corpse <laughs> raped beyond recognition. <laughs> be beyond recognition anyway she's got a head <laughs> it's not the rape that's made her beyond recognition is it? it's the lack of head yes also that <laughs> decapitated beyond recognition so um and then raped so uh you got dominic lawton he plays naughty mustache <laughs> he's a beach bomb yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay our parents were hippies what do you mean our parents the hell are you saying? We're in a hey. commune. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say we're not brothers. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> and Kenby Wilde plays oblong wieners. <laughs> yeah, I've done it before. <laughs> okay, I'm in. What a great couple of characters. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Do you mind having dreadlocks for this film? Oh no, I'd welcome it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. I'll probably wear a bandana. Around my neck, very <laughs> dashing. <laughs> it's called a cravat. Oh, sorry, yes. I was thinking more like a uh, bank robber from the Old West. Like Fred out of uh, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> We've got girlfriends. Well, of course we have. We're attractive men. We're attractive podcasters. <laughs> the kind every woman dreams of uh, ensnaring. <laughs> yeah, I hear you're seeing Naughty Mustache. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> that's, that's the conversation at the high school. Hang on, how old are we? Are we oh, fucking high school kids, are we? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, Ken. I mean, in the film. Oh, um, yeah, we're 12. Um, <laughs> I could pull off a high school kids. <laughs> ah, um, we're in our 30s, you know. I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That's why you're not allowed out your house after 8pm. See? Curfew. Art imitating life. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, you know, we're in our 30s. <laughs> okay, right. So that's probably not the conversation they'd have then. No. <clears throat> okay. You've got uh, your... Um, we're in our 30s? Yeah. You've, your girlfriend's like a goth chick. Oh, fucking yes. Well, uh, Wobbly Graves, her name is. <laughs> well, she sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's playing her? This is where this is all hinging on this. Um, I was thinking maybe. Um, have you ever seen the film Precious? <laughs> Go on. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, not her. <laughs> Be a great character name for her, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, I'll take her if you want. <laughs> she looks. She, maybe, maybe she um, did have a kind of sexuality in um, the Brothers Grimsby. <laughs> yes, yeah, she has a certain kind of sexuality in that. Yes. Um, I can't remember what her name is. Feruza Bulk, maybe. Yes, please. Yeah, Feruza Bulk. Sold. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, there's a, a mock-up, and I think it's a mock-up of Bill Skarsgård as the crow. The crow, yeah. And I thought that looked a bit like Feruza Bulk in <laughs> <Yeah>. the craft. <laughs> I'm not happy yeah. about that, but, you know, whatever. No, I know you're not. And that's a post that I'm going to do later. Um, well, it was either Wobbly Graves, or if it was going to be the girl from Precious, 
I did have the name Metric Shit Ton. <laughs> she could be in it as a different character. Yeah, I was thinking so. Yeah. Maybe Wobbly Graves' mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always Precious one. as Metric Shit Ton. <laughs> Why is Furry's a bulk called Wobbly Graves? Because you said that the name earlier and I'm using it. No, no, I like, I like the name. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she, right. she's a goth, goth girl. Of course she is. My girlfriend's called Tete Pipette. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name as well, isn't it? I'll let you cast that one. Who you got for me? Have you seen the film Precious? <laughs> <laughs> the dad. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw you Cameron Diaz. Oh, bloody hell. There you go. You owe me one. Although, to be honest, Feruza Balak, I'm more than happy with. So. Yeah, so Teet Pipette. Yeah. Cameron <laughs> Diaz as Teet Pipette. Feruza Balk as Metric no, as Wobbly it? Graves. Wobb- Wobbly Graves. <laughs> and the girl from Precious <laughs> as Metric Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get away with that. <laughs> Although, I suppose, you know, that's how she gets the roles, isn't it? Just, yeah. You know, carry on. We'll skip over all that. Our podcast is called Zombie Clay. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and we're just discussing the facts that we know so far. And as we're, we're broadcasting, maybe we're more radio DJs, maybe, actually, like local raid pirate radio rather than podcasts. Pirate radio? Yeah. Does that still happen? I don't fucking know. This is set in the 90s. After all, yeah. <laughs> this is the night. And that's because I've got this vision of us. It introduces us to us talking about it, and then it cuts to the beach with the radio playing. Oh, right. Okay. That's and the how crime they can scene. Hear us. Okay. Hang on a second, then. I'm going to need one of these. There we go. And as that's happening, Sheriff Carl Weathers is on the beach surveying what's happening. Uh, what's he wearing? So, okay, I've got, I've already, I knew you were going to ask this, Ken, so I've got it already. <laughs> right, picture this. Sheriff's uh, sort of beige, like short sleeve top. Yep. Sheriff's badge. Yep. Sheriff's hat. Yep. Bermuda shorts. Yes. Sandals. And? With spurs on. <laughs> nice. His gun. Shoulder holster. Oh, yes. And a big inflatable rubber ducky around his waist. <laughs> you got his, his best detectives on the case. It's not... It's not uh, Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. They, oh, no, they're, they're they deal f- in strictly horror icons. Yeah. We're hunting down midget Michael Myers. We're hunting down <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck else we were doing. Texas Joe, Captain Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're not... We're, we ain't got time for this. No, this is a different Captain Carl. probably also on suspension again. That's how we usually find our characters back then. So fine and dandy suspension. Yeah, we see the body of the girl in the in the um, passengers in the driver's seat. You got the more guy. You know, he talks shop, talking about you know the injuries and whatever. Who's playing this? Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pathologist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in. He's in. Yeah, and uh, as is. Customary, we do not mention that he's the size of a fucking house. Yeah, exactly. He's got a stethoscope, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need when you're dealing with the dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else has he got? A little uh, reflex hammer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to make sure that they're 100% dead. <laughs> Absolutely. He is, he's thorough. Yeah. He's called Dr. Dave. 
<laughs> That's good because I'm not sure if he could remember a character name. I don't think he ever has. Has he ever said his own name, his own character name in a film? Probably not. Why would he have to? I think they're all called Dave. <laughs> so the, the way he looks when they say something to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's in anyway. Dr. Dave. So he says it's uh, she's definitely dead. Um, Hang on, so if you're not on a podcast, so our radio show is called Zombie Clay. Yeah. Cool. The Zombie Clay Radio Hour with... <laughs> with, um, with naughty moustache and oblong wieners. <laughs> yeah, play the trailer. Moustache and wieners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Carl Weathers, he gets told all about it, raped. What? The uh, not not, not oh. Dave. No, oh, the Jesus. the corpse was raped. Oh. Um, beyond the, recognition. The, beyond recognition. <laughs> the um, the head removed, and no sign of the other people. Although Doctor Dave says there he, were other people. There were, yeah. Look at all these. Says, look at all says. these sandals, and he points really close to them <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> How many sandals are there? Seven. Seven. Yeah, <laughs> not number of sandals. Yes. Look. So he's got he's got like um Can he point to them and also have his face really close to them? Well so it's Carl like in Weathers, the same shot. Carl Weathers is you see Carl <laughs> Weathers' feet and then his face is really close as well. So Batista's fingers pointing really close to them and then Carl Weathers' face just appears into shot. You see his looking his, at them. You see Carl Weathers' his feet, he's wearing like a sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. slippered leatherette. <laughs> Like a moccasin. Like a moccasin. A beach moccasin. Like a Native American moccasin <laughs> with tassels. <laughs> and then his face is really close as well. You know, like Van Damme when he bends over. Boingy, boingy. Like that, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> is that okay for a scene yeah, for you? <laughs> I think that's a lovely shot. Cuts away anyway, and uh, his his deputies have found... I think it cuts away and they're both stood upright. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cuts away and his deputies have found something. Who are playing the deputies? Maybe you've got um, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> As a deputy. Yeah. Yeah. And Pamela Anderson. Fucking hell. Yeah. He plays Daniel Hoffelhass. <laughs> Don't hass the Hoffel. Yeah. <laughs> Hasselhoff. Hoffle has. Yeah. And uh, oh, I've put Hustle half. That's it. Oh, right. Okay. And she plays Andy Pamerson. <laughs> yes. Andy with an I. Yes. That's brilliant. The fans will love that. <laughs> Andy so... Pamerson. <laughs> Andy Pamerson. Yeah. They're so close to their real names, yet they're not. Yeah. Do you see? See how clever that is? I'll see Hoffelhass is wearing just shorts with a, a badge on them. <laughs> is he carrying his little float? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's she wearing the same? She's wearing the, the sort of like, the, you know, they're wearing like the beige sheriff's uniform that they all have in these, like. But she's wearing it as a swimsuit. swimsuit. Has it got the pocket detail in the swimsuit? Yes. Yeah, with a pen in it. <laughs> <laughs> or not. You don't know where she keeps her pen. I do. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so there's, um, I don't know, what can they find? Because this is a bit of a, a 
just a mystery, isn't it? They, they can't find any clues about this. Surfboard? Yeah. They're surfers, after all, so surely there's got that, that surfboard that they saw. Yeah, but they, they, they go off back into the sea. One's not, not on a surfboard. No, one of them is not on a surfboard. What? <laughs> Unexplained. They've got there's no clues, no nothing. There's no there's not even well, any DNA. Just, so it just keeps them going like this and we never solve it. <laughs> well, I mean the first lot maybe we just don't solve it. Okay. And then the next lot That's a shame. we get one survivor. Okay. I like it. It's our final girl or final boy or final girl. Okay. We'll have a girl that we'll, survives. We'll stick with it. We yeah. are we are pretty shit at casting. Uh, female characters, so uh, it's good, what good, the, good that we're going for. What that. the hell do you mean? <laughs> I think it's Space Mutiny it was Sasquatch as herself, just to get a female <laughs> character in. Because <laughs> we didn't even have a female character in the entire thing, so <laughs> just a Sasquatch with tits. What did we say? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we went for. <laughs> so there you go. So that, that, that's kind of what I mean, <laughs> right? We're branching out. Yeah. So yeah, another group of of people. Um, they're staying away from the beach at the fairground. Oh, okay. You this know. is like Lost Boys again. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> is he there something... playing his saxophone? Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, got to oh, get him back, yes. don't we? Fantastic. Little nod. Well, they did it in um, us, didn't they? The old fairground pier. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So fucking, we're going to do it as well. Yeah. They're walking along the fairground, you know, a, a couple of lovers smooching Ooh. on the boardwalk. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they split off from uh, from the group of friends. You know, they're winning like big stuffed animals from the, the whacker. Was a test your strength and all that stuff? Yeah, and the uh, throw a ball at some cans game. There's that that sort of guy with the gelled hair and the umbro top from Fatal Deviation. Yeah, he's there running the rides. Yeah. And uh, they separate out. They're going to fall around on the beach. <gasps> Big mistake. They go down to the beach. They're, they're canoodling. They go under the pier. And uh, she lies down on the beach. He gets on top of her. What the hell are you describing, are you? Careful. <laughs> <laughs> As they're kissing and a smooching, he gets dragged off her and dragged towards the ocean. Yeah, he's got his uh, like fingers clawing the sand yeah. as he's going. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Looks up and sees that there's six bikini-clad necrophiliac Yay. zombie girls. I'd let myself uh, just go for that one. Uh, they lift it, unclaw the sand, and just be like, "Oh yes." Two of them lift him up, and one in the middle just puts her hand straight through him. Ah, okay. Rips his heart out. That's what they all do. And uh, that's women. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you see? And uh, then the other two that were holding him just rip him in half. That's also women. Yeah. Yeah, you get three of them. <laughs> That's <laughs> what happens. Yeah, Taylor's old as time. Yeah. Then they all advance on the girl, and she's like running through, you know, the um, stanchions on the pier. The, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. She's running through them, and they're sort of, one crawls up and is running like, like a spider along the top of the... Oh, I like that. Yeah, and the other ones are just like darting through the things, trying to get to her. Uh, she manages to escape just in the nick of time anyway. This, this is our final girl, yeah? Yeah. Okay, who we got for this? I was thinking the girl from Baby Sir, but I don't know what her name is. Samara Weaving? Yes. She's in. So uh, she she goes to the police and is just laughed off Samara weaving the next day. But she what? She's laughed off by the cops. She's laughed off by Hufflehass. Hufflehuff and Pamerson. Yeah. Andy Pamerson. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe that. Yeah. Wait wait till the bloody chief hears of this. 
she thinks I'm going to have to get this out some way. And it turns out she's actually a massive fan of oblong wieners. <laughs> really? Eh? Well, I hope Wobbly Graves doesn't hear about this. <laughs> so she messages us. Maybe she emailed us, badmoviecultergmail.com. Excellent. If you want to. Excellent, yeah. We've had a little bit of traffic recently. And asked to come on the show and talk about her experiences. And, you know, we're, we we accept. Of course. I'll, I'll take Samara weaving any day. Yeah. She's coming on to the zombie clay hour with mustache and wieners. It does sound a predominantly uh, gay <laughs> radio hour, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Not you, perhaps, but if uh, if the gay listeners don't mind me saying. We do get that level at us quite often on the reviews, so, you know, why not play up to it? Um, yeah, so she turns up, she, she tells us everything that she knows about what's happened and stuff, and it's broadcast out. Obviously, Carl Weathers, he's a massive fan of um, Naughty Mustache, so he he's listening in as he's doing the gardening. Well, he's got a Naughty Mustache, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. So that's that'll be why. Or he gets a phone call saying that, you know, there's some woman on the radio talking about the disappearance of a, of a boyfriend. Who, who's putting that phone call in? That's a, not much detail in that, is it? Some woman? Oh. Is, that, is that Hasselhoff again, is it? Yeah, well, they're, they're just told that um, she's actually, like, that the people in town are talking about it because we're a bloody popular radio show locally, you know. Oh, with, so with we the should kids. be. So we should be. We're mid-30s dropouts. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty moustache and oblong wieners. Well, I'm, I'm basing it on every single beach movie I've seen where the radio DJ is always a, a 30, 40-year-old yeah. dropout, isn't he? Of course we are. That's why we're popular with the kids. So all the kids are talking about it. Maybe Carl Weathers' son is telling him about it. Yep, I need a, uh, I need casting for that one, please. Maybe like Chris Rock. Oh, Yeah, go on. Yeah, keep, keep his name out, your <laughs> fucking mouth. Yeah, just having a look round there. Uh, yeah, go on, he's in. He's Chris in. Rock. Yeah, let, let's let's throw him. Let's throw him a bone. Fifty-year-old Chris Rock is the <laughs> son of late sixties Carl Weathers, who's listening for some reason to Beach Bums talking about unexplained deaths in there. Oh yeah, any helps, good help. Yes, that's what he says. And then he, he gives Hoffel has a rollicking of his life. What's Chris Rock's uh, character name? Chris Weathers. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what was Samara Weaving? Uh, what was her character? Oh, she needs a name, doesn't she? Yeah, she hasn't got a character name. Um, Sandy. Yeah. Curtains. Yes. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Sandy Curtains. Meanwhile, we're we're promoting our um, drinking a fucking load of beers at sea uh, party. <laughs> That's what we're... What a great name for a day out. Yeah. We're hosting that. It's going to be a live radio show as well as a limbo tournament. Yes. <laughs> um, Miss Wet T-shirt. If you want to take part in that, Ken, that's up to you, yes. <laughs> You're precious, she's in. Yep, metric shit, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> she's signed up for it. She, I'm thinking like she's got like a purple Mohican. Wears leather. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a leather bikini. Yeah. You obviously see um, scenes of us, you know, hanging around with the with the girls and so They're obviously going to come with us. Metric shit, Tom's her mate. She comes as well. <laughs> she does security or something, I don't know. 
I don't know why they're friends, this goth girl and Cameron Diaz, but here we go. <laughs> There's always one. Yeah, there is, that's yeah, true. Yeah, tick, tick in the boxes. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the morgue, Dr. Dave, and as he's working, he hears a noise in his morgue. Shit. That's the worst thing you can hear in a morgue. Yeah, if there's if there's any noise that shouldn't be there, he's not happy about it. That's, that's what he <laughs> says. To the deputies in Plan Nine, yeah, and the, the grave parade. diggers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, it turns out the corpse comes alive, the headless corpse, and starts attacking Doctor Dave. Oh, shit! And then he has to fend it off. I bet he does. He's a big lad. No. Shit. Because that you know, there's like a drain thing, isn't there, in the morgue? Yes. The blood drain. Yeah. You see, like, that opens up and you see hands and fingers coming out of the drain and the killer surfboard, bikini, (laughs) what are they? Um, Babes. Yeah. Yeah. Does water come out first? Yes. Yes. And hair. Yeah. And a surfboard. (laughs) Pops out of it. (laughs) Yeah. So Dave does neutralise the the headless corpse and kills it, but then all six of those girls are are in there. With him. On surfboards. On surfboards. On in knee high water. Yes. Shit. He, he doesn't stand a chance. No, he gets killed by them. Dave, he's out of here, killed. Is he wearing glasses for this role? He's wearing um a monocle <laughs> in both eyes. It's alive. It's alive, it's alive. Got another uh, good set piece is the the cruise at sea. Oh, uh, what do you mean another good one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Uh, cruise at sea, the one that we're hosting. Oh you, yes, you get yeah. a fog yep. coming over. It's yep. in the middle of the day. It's nice, but there's a fog that envelops the whole. Oh, shit, that's and then not we, usual. We get attacked on the on the ship by the six bikini babes. It, it got like a hundred people on it. It's like a big party thing. Yeah, we did well, then, didn't we? Yeah, we're and fucking ha- popular in this town. I'm telling shit, you, man. So what happens then? We get attacked. Good. The, 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 um, yeah, massacre. There's people getting dragged off off the boat. There's people getting attacked. The ones that get attacked and killed rise up as zombies to attack others. Jesus Christ. What about us? Do we die? No, we escape. What about uh, Wobbly Graves and Teat Pipette? Yeah, and we have to save them. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good then. So we're kind of heroes. And that's why we align with um, Samara Weaving's character and we tell the chief that this is this is actually what's fucking happening. Sandy Curtains. Yeah, Sandy mm. Curtains, yeah. yeah. So we escape on maybe like a speedboat. Oh, yeah, so we've got an extra boat. We've got an extra boat. Nice. Well, well we're everyone's on the boat like, well, where, where the hell are wieners and moustache? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what people say. And we, we arrive <laughs> We arrive on a speedboat looking all cool. We have a big grand entrance, and then we start the party and rolling. we play in Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. On a loud speaker. Fuck it, oh yeah. yeah. So we, we exit on that speedboat away <laughs> so with we just turn around and go again. Oh no, that's later, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That was our entrance. This is our but exit. the rest of the rest of the um <laughs> if you'll pardon that expression. <laughs> and as we look back we just see the whole the whole boat is being killed or they're rising up all the zombies and watching us just as we Like a World War Z kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just swarming. Yeah. Even though there's not that many people on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we can still do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've what never, you, I've not seen the film, but... What do you think to that? It's um, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Very powerful indeed. Uh, we tell the sheriff. Yeah, what's he got to say for himself? Doesn't believe us. No. As far as he's concerned, this all sounds like a cock and bull story to him. Until he gets 
a radio message from Panderson. They're on the beach having a look around when a fog envelops the beach. Are they in slow motion? Who? Panderson and... Uh, no, they need to talk. We can't have that in slow motion. Also, wow. <laughs> take fucking forever. <laughs> and you get the zombies coming up onto the beach. I guess it's a bit, like, a bit like the fog now, isn't it? Yeah, how many have we got now? Probably like 50. Fucking hell. Including big Dave Batista. Yes. The fairground... I think, ro- I think he can emerge like uh, Neptune. <laughs> He's got a trident. Yeah. Why not? He's a big lad. Yeah. Yeah. You'd give him a trident. It, also, you, you fucking s- take it off you. You see the um, the zombies attacking the fairground. This is going to be. This is big budget. This. This is a fairground getting attacked. Loads of people getting attacked by zombies. What about the young lad in the? How did I stop? Dead. And he's just watching, just disgusted by the whole thing. He's just there going, fucking hell. Yeah, you little bollocks. Oh, look at these little zombies and little bollocks. So you get you get the visual of um, the zombies climbing up really quickly, the Ferris wheel to attack people in the little cabins that are on the, on the oh, Ferris right, wheel. Okay. So they're not just getting in the next one and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. Wow. No. Okay. Test your strength. So they get the guy who runs that and just uses the hammer on his head. Yes, yes. So his head, his eyes pop out, and it comes up going ding, ding, yeah, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Okay. And then you see a zombie walking around with a big plush toy that they won. It's <laughs> yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah, that is nice. What could the toy be? Is it something relevant to zombies, or is it just going to be? It's what a big. About? It's a big purple bear. Okay. Yeah. So no then. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Okay. Thanks. And we we lock ourselves in the police station. Me, you, Sandy Weathers. What's her name? Sandy Curtains. Sandy Curtains. She's not related to Chris Weathers or Carl. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Chris's son. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Curtains. Me, you, Carl Weathers. Where, Tete where Pipette. Is, where is Chris Weathers at this point? Chris Weathers. Yeah. Where's he? He's at home. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're locked in into the the police headquarters, and this is like assault on precinct thirteen. This, this is the zombies trying to get really? into the really because that's a great film. <laughs> this is like the zombies trying to get into the precinct and us trying to keep them at bay. We've also got uh, metric shit on Tuesday with us as well. She was fucking pummeling some heads as as we got onto exactly, the speedboat. Yeah. We just put her in front of the door. Job done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and also I should say dun, that Pam, dun, dun, Panderson dun. and Hasselhoff. <laughs> Panderson and Hasselhoff, they get yeah. killed on the beach. Shit. Mm-hmm. How? Just get overwhelmed by it all. <laughs> see, you see Hasselhoff. <laughs> well, they just uh, have heart attacks. Yeah, see Hasselhoff, he's just in a just on the floor eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> just don't know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they just get just killed. Just rocking back and forth. He gets killed first. She tries to escape to try and you know warn people who are because they're heading towards the amusement park and she just gets taken out at the last minute. Oh yeah, it's because she runs in slow motion. Yeah, well, it's exactly. Sort of score her out. Yeah, yeah. It's a great scene though if we can do that. Yeah, we have her running in slow motion and the zombies chasing her, mm-hmm. just dragging her down into the sand. Well, she actually fights off a few of them. That's to be fine. fair, Pamderson, but then she runs into Dave Batista. She beats him off. She yeah yeah until Big Dave. She can't beat Big Dave off. <laughs> he won't allow it. No. <laughs> and ends up just, nobody beats Big Dave off except Big Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's what he always says. <laughs> that's his t-shirt he's wearing. <laughs> Cut to us defending the precinct, and then uh, we have to make a break for it because Carl needs to get back to his family. Because his shift's finished. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go and make sure they're safe. Yeah, I'm off the clock, guys. 
Yeah, he just uh, just clocks out, <laughs> puts his coat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's long enough these days. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to get overtime. He's the chief. <laughs> well, good luck, guys. I'm, I'm out yeah, of here. Yeah, all the best. See you tomorrow. And then I guess it's we save the town. All right, simple as, as that. Simple, simple as that. Yeah. Well, is Carl Weathers on time and a half? No. Seems as his shift finished. That's the biggest horror of this whole film. <laughs> really, he's not even paid overtime. No. As we're headed to um to go and save everyone from the town hall, we get beamed up into the spaceship. <laughs> oh man! And we meet the ruler. Yes. Played by... Played by Nicolas Cage. Yes. I'm thinking he looks like Ming. The oh, I, I was thinking he was just going to be in, like, T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's dressed like Ming, but he's got, like, a you know, those hats with the beers in the... <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's Nicolas Cage. Okay, he's in. And he gives us all that same rubbish from Plan 9 from Outer Space about how they came to take over because we're just too violent as a species. Yeah, to save us. Yeah. But we were unsavable. That's what really hurts Nicolas Cage. Nicola, this is Nicolas Cage dialed up to 10, by the way. This is proper Nicolas Cage from recent. And we have to we have to reason with him on why we should be allowed you to. You can't reason with level 10 Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so that's what we come Everybody to realise. Everybody knows that. Not uh, even Carl Weathers can. It ends with a fight between Carl Weathers and Nicholas Cage. Well, that's the only way you can reason with him. Yeah. In a bare-knuckle boxing match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they end up fighting, and uh, obviously Carl Weathers ends up winning because it's bloody Carl Weathers. Yeah, he's a champ. We end up escaping on an escape pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it's for. The UFO crashes into the sea. Oh, shit. Blows up. Yeah. Well, you know who's in the sea. And then all, all the zombies... Exactly. All the zombies die because the oh. ray doesn't work anymore. Oh, shit. The electron ray. Just as they're about to break through to the, the villages in the town, they all disintegrate and turn into skeletons and... Uh, Immediately plastic skeletons. Plastic skeletons. Yeah, just all falling to the ground. Yep. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. It ends with us emerging from the pod. Two beach bums, a cop, and Clint Howard. That we can't forget was with us the whole time. <laughs> Though we often did. Yes. <laughs> That's it, Ken, the end, what do you reckon? I liked it. I was hoping for some sort of steamy scene between uh, Oblong Wieners and Wobbly Graves. That's the uh, director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly my private cut. <laughs> Where Farooza had no idea. Well, we'll leave you to think about Ken's private cut as we end the podcast <laughs> and say thank you, Ken, for watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. Well, thank you for everything. What about you guys? What do you think to Plan 9 from Outer Space? Is it the worst movie ever made or do you think it's aged better? Do you think it's better than Manos? Do you think it's better than Llamageddon? I don't know, just throwing a random one out there for you. Or do you think no? It is not. Or do you think yes? The email address, badmoviecourt.gmail.com, let us know. Alternatively, let us know on Facebook. 
Let us know on Instagram. We're on all of them. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, you can. You just need to search Bad Movie Cult Discussion Group on Facebook. You just need to search the Bad Movie Cult Discussion Group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. If you want to support the podcast, you can by leaving us an Apple Podcast rating or review. It's a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. Or, as a lot of you are doing, and we thank you for it, you can rate us on Spotify. Have you seen that now, Ken? We're actually, you can actually see our rating on Spotify. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I meant that. There's like a certain amount of uh, likes before okay. other people can see the rating, and okay. now we're, we're rated as five stars. So thank you, everybody who has uh, voted. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, everyone Is who has. Yeah. Yes, yeah. perfect. Okay, sorry. Thank you, everyone who has uh, voted us five stars, and please continue doing so. You can find all previous podcast episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on this podcast on our website www.badmoviecult.com. You can join us again next week when we will be back with another movie review, deep dive, and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. Play us out again. Everywhere.